0: Hey everybody, this is Feba Vandermeer, and you are watching Into the Flow podcast. All right, everybody, uh, this is Feba with uh, in the ITF Flow, and we are interviewing Steve O, uh, the window cleaner, today. Um, so I'm so grateful that you have decided to join and discuss. I try to keep our conversations pretty, you know, low key and um, and you know, no pressure or anything. I just like to have more of a discussion. Right. Um, so I remember when Sarah and I were starting the business about five years ago. He and I would watch your videos. We would watch you and and Luke the window cleaner um, because we're basically trying to learn from YouTube. Right. And so you were one of the guys that we started gravitating towards, and just watching. You made some great videos and you still make great videos and I still show them to my technicians for training purposes and yeah, so that's how I know you. And then we met in person right. last year in Branson. Yeah, I think we were at a gift shop. You and Kat?
1: Uh, Alex. Yeah, Alex is my girlfriend. Well, yep. oh, yep. I want to keep calling her Kat. <laughs> <laughs> I think- that is, uh, Kat is Jordy's wife. <laughs>
0: I met, them. I met them on the train, and I think we met them on the train on the way out of one of the conventions. And since then, for some reason, I've crossed your girlfriends. Yep. Yeah. You
1: know. <laughs> no problem. No worries. Well, I think I met your dad, right? Actually in Colorado, um, uh, a couple months before the convention. Yes. And I, I didn't was, even know. I was showing him <laughs> your card, and he was like, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I know that guy. And my dad's pretty like... You know, nothing really phases him in terms of, you know, you can say, oh, yeah, I met Arnold Schwarzenegger the other day. Yeah, we had a great conversation. And he just he's very nonchalant about that kind of stuff. But and then I think we met uh, at one at I think a booth that Jordy was manning. He and I came and started assaulting you with a bunch of questions, I think. Yeah.
1: Assault. Pure assault. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I wanted to ask a little bit more about you. How you got into window cleaning, and whether it came easy to you in the beginning? Because when I watch your videos, it seemed it seems like the skill is very intuitive to you. Did right. you start out that way?
1: No, not at all. No. So I actually started cleaning windows in college. And it was totally just a summer job, just to have something to do, you know, while I was in college and partying or whatever. And um, a local couple, college guys, started a business, and we just did homes. And literally, what we would do to get these homes is we had we had door hangers, and we would go around and we'd look at the front of the house we'd just be like, one fifty. <laughs> 200 and we would just put it on the door handle and people would call they had a good amount of accounts but we would just roll around four guys uh all day long we never ever replaced our squeegee rubber in two years i don't ever remember replacing it i had a little eight inch scrubber i had a little squirt bottle of glisten um and water and that's what i would use and i never remember you know, trying to go too crazy. It was just simple spray, scrub, squeegee, detail, done. Never went over the top or anything. So I did that for a couple of years in college and then wound up graduating from Colorado State University in Fort Collins. Went out to California for a year. That's where I actually got to uh, work at YouTube and kind of get like a taste of what YouTube was more than what I even do at the time. And all it was was a security job for YouTube. And it just... Happened. I was working at a restaurant, applied for a job on Craigslist, and it wanted to be with Google. And then I got placed at YouTube in uh, San Bruno, California. Anyways, worked there for six months, decided I want to go back to Colorado. You know, this is where I grew up. I just love the seasons. And came back, worked for a moving company for two weeks. And then I always knew when I was going to school at CSU, that there was fish window clean around because I, when I worked for the two guys, they always said, that's our competition. Like that's the guys that get all the work in the area. So started working for fish. And that's when I had a guy train me who was, you know, he was pretty rough around the edges, you know, really just very straightforward. This is how you do it. This is the size of squeegee you use on this type of glass. If you do it any other way, you're going to be in trouble with me, you know, and within a year I was his manager. So he didn't like that. <laughs> So just like you said, I took a liking to it really, really quick and I just enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed jobs of being outside, working hard, being tired at the end of the day, physically. Um, In high school, me and my brothers always had a lawn mowing business over the summers. So I was just kind of used to that type of work. And when I started doing like the storefronts and then started doing bigger commercial buildings, the water fed pole, it just kind of like brightened my interest of it and The tool thing has always kind of been huge for me. I've always really been to window cleaning tools. I don't know why. And that's kind of the basis behind my channel is like tools, techniques. Mm -hmm. I don't really go into like a lot of business stuff because there's so many other channels out there that do that. And I I just find it boring sometimes to talk about. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how my window cleaning journey was. And then um, worked at Fish a couple of years and then started working with um, Jim at 2020 Window Cleaning and then became an owner with him over three years ago. And it's just been, it's been a really good ride. That's pretty cool,
0: I've noticed that like, when I talk to people that have had a past with fish, they're always really technically solid window cleaners. And you know, when you you go to the, the Facebook forums, you hear a lot of fish bashing and I never really quite understood why. I mean, aside from the fact they were, you know, your competitor or a right. competitor. But like <clears throat> when we went to uh, the IWCA convention and they had the speed contest, like there's always a fish person up towards the top. Always. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I've started to develop a respect for that, that organization over the last two or three years. They're doing something right.
1: Yeah, and and I think partially what it is is they, you know, their prices are sometimes lower, right? From what I've seen, what I was working there, I saw them and then, you know, come along and learn a lot more. Their prices are lower, but it's it's what they offer. It's it's their niche of the business is kind of to be, at, at some of them, kind of more of a beginner level, but it works. It, it it's a very good system that works, and I learned a lot from there. Um, Everything I learned of how to sell to storefronts was all from there. I had a great, great manager who was just like a sales master. Uh, His name was Dave. He was like 70 years old, had a um, monopoly mustache. And I mean, the guy could just sell. And he taught me a lot of just how to go in, follow up. And then, uh, yeah, the window cleaning, you learn how to be quick because the prices are a little lower and you, work off commission, you know that, okay, I got to get through this job kind of quick. And so, yeah, you do kind of just learn and you're always by yourself. And that's the other thing I think is a really good thing to learn when you first start out is being by yourself and figuring out that pace that you got to keep to make money in window cleaning, I think is a big thing. And, uh, and I've always tried to keep with that. And that's why I think I've always tried to, you know, go after new tools and stuff is because of, you could go so much further with other tools and make it better, make it more fun, make it quick. And that's what I try to do is kind of make it fun during the day and take it lightly, have fun with my customers. And it makes me happy.
0: So when you were working with the the crew of four guys, did you know at that point that, that, yeah, I mean, did you just start liking window cleaning right away? Or was it when you started working for fish and how long, you know, when did you realize, Hey, this is, this is pretty cool. I enjoy this, this trade and, you know, it has these interesting gadgets that, you know, kind of keep, keeps me interested, keeps me kind of playing in the field. Like, when did you know that you were gonna really stick to it? Cause you've, you've been doing it for a while and you're,
1: you know, you've, been, yeah. you've got a,
0: a whole body of videos out there. I mean, it's...
1: <laughs> I remember when I first started making videos and I started making videos at fish. And it was just, I started putting my phone down and just like recording them and would see what happened, you know? But like, I would say being at Fish, what <laughs> happened was I worked there for three months and I broke my shoulder. So when I broke my shoulder really, really bad, I had to have surgery, everything. I came back after two months and then I became the sales guy with the other sales manager. So that's where I learned the sales. And then what I actually had to do to get back into it and to make some money was I had to learn with my left arm. So then I, I went out, I would maybe do $200 worth of work a day, get paid 60 bucks before taxes. And I would just clean with my left arm for two months. I would just pull and just try to work through it. And, but the movement of just keeping the shoulder going, even if I was working with my left, I'd still try to scrub with my right. That was kind of like rehab. And so that kind of just all intertwined together. And I think that really connected me with window cleaning in a different way that maybe not a lot of people have. And then from there, it was like, okay, now I've got this like base of the sales thing. I'm learning the technique. I can use my left and my right hand. So I feel cool. And so why don't I just continue with it? And then when I left fish and I started working though with the guy I work with now a lot, Jim, he taught me a lot. I mean, he, he's been a window cleaner for 15 years at that point, And he was just able to teach me so much more about all the sides of the business. He was very open about it. And it just, it was just a really great experience and still is to this day. That I think says a lot about
0: window cleaning and you in general, like if, if you are going to go out and break your shoulder and still want to come back yeah. and force yourself to learn, you know, with, you know the arm that you're not comfortable with and then continue with the industry that's pretty
1: that's some dedication and i w- and i would say at that point i did kind of feel like okay what else, what else am i going to do right now you know because uh, my my degree of college was in sociology and a focus on criminal justice. You can't do much with a bachelor's degree in sociology as far as getting like a, a great paying job. You really got to go for, you know, your master's and your doctorate. In it. So I was at a point where I felt kind of in a corner like, okay, I have to just push through this. And if I don't push through this, well, what am I going to do? And I can't really go and get someone else to hire me with a, you know, big shoulder brace and all <clears> this <throat> stuff. So it did kind of push me to have to do it, but it just... In that time, really got my passion going for it.
0: Yeah, I got my degree in natural sciences, and it's a similar thing where when you come out with your degree, you're very much expected to have experience. We after recently graduating, you really do need to get a master's or a doctorate in order to get a job that pays well enough for you to stay in the field, right. and so. I was uh, doing some work in that field briefly with um, in a fire ant. I worked in a fire ant lab, believe it or not, and that was pretty wow. cool. Um, and I started working um, with the city of Dallas, and I was working at the water utilities as an environmental person, but it was more of like paperwork. It was like, do the environmental inspections. You're the guy that we have to keep on staff to, sh- to, help, show- <laughs> to help show that we're doing our environmental stuff. And so, uh, you know, I had to wait tables in the evenings and the weekends. Oh, man. Just to get, you know, just to get by. Right. My dad, you know, you met my dad. He had all this time had 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 a variety of different window cleaning businesses. And he kept telling me about how much money he was making and how fun it was to work outside. And I kept brushing him off. And then I just started tinkering with it. um, and the rest is history. Really. I started tinkering with it and that's when I started watching your videos and wow. Luke's videos. I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And I remember when I bought my first kit, you know, the, the yellow bucket with the, all those tools in there, right. I bought my first kit and I, I just started getting so excited about it. There was finally something that I had a little bit of control over. Right. And, um, the rest is history. I just started pushing for it. And then I actually lost my environmental job. And so at some point it was like, this became my real job and I had to make it work. And And thankfully we were able to support our family almost right away. It was weird. Wow. It was just, you know. Sarah was starting to um, explore the next door app and she started to oh, yeah. uh, put the word out that, Hey, we were this new business over in this neighborhood and people started calling us. And I did have to wait table still, uh, over the weekend, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was more like, okay, now I'm going to just wait tables long enough until I can do this full time. Right. So it was really exciting. Um, there's just something about window cleaning that just, so it's instant gratification when you're completing each project. Yeah. You can just kind of get it behind you and you can feel good about it. And then the way the customers react when you do a great job, that's another part of it too
1: exactly there's there's a high amount of customer satisfaction that makes you feel really good and it is a quick satisfaction as far as except for like construction cleans and stuff you know they can be agonizing but that satisfaction of just making a house look so much better and making the people happy especially when they're dirty windows and you can (coughs) really brighten up the home there is a really cool thing about that you know sin i totally agree with you So do you have a preference, residential or commercial or? Commercial.
0: Commercial. Yeah.
1: What is it about
0: commercial? What is it about? what, What would you like more? What do you like more about
1: commercial? Commercial and storefronts is what I like. I just, I like those large commercial buildings where I don't really like the customer behind you and kind of hounding you. Not that it happens all the time, but I find commercials just so straightforward. It's like the glass clean your solution off the frame detail a little bit move on you know if if there's something wrong on the glass it's not a big thing but residential it's like man you got to go in you gotta take the screens out you gotta you know check the tracks see how dirty the tracks are it always varies uh you never know kind of what you're gonna get with newer jobs with homes Um, you know, there's always a blind that might break out of nowhere. There's always a hole in a screen. They didn't see prior. And, you know, like there's so many more things that come up on residential than commercial. Now in saying it, the gratification from residential is way higher, but like storefronts, restaurants, just going through. And I just enjoy that. Those kind of days, I am just so relaxed. And, uh, from what I find, I actually do better making money on commercial and storefronts. And I sometimes do in residential, we just do straight window cleaning, you know, but like, you know, you get put at a $700 home by yourself for a day. That's like, Oh man. But then doing $700 of say, you know, 20 storefronts. I, I'll just, I love that. Just zip right through it. Have a lot of fun, talk to a lot of different people, being a lot of different places that that's my thing. For sure. So you like to just get to work you like to pour
0: yourself into the physicality of it yep. and it's like and i see what you're saying i i mean we are we tended towards residential mainly because of just having to support the family and it's just you get the higher tickets with the residential and so we just leaned in that direction and we never really developed a strong commercial route which right. i kind of still want to do but I can see how one that gives you a great environment to test the tools that yeah. you get excited about. It's like people are sending sending you tool, tools and you get to try out all the different tricks, right. but then you just kind of get to pour into it and just go. And that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, even like the, I, I love, like a weird thing I love doing is the inside of office buildings. I don't know why. It's just like, it's bliss. We usually when we go, it's early in the mornings so or on a Saturday. No one's there they're always big jobs and we just move right through them the three of us and it's just yeah it's uh, and i think you get to have more fun on commercials you get to have more like fun with you know fanning on the pole and just doing you know dumb stuff you don't get to do at residential jobs you gotta ladder everything wipe everything down make sure everything looks very pristine and sometimes it just gets it just gets overkill to me i would say
0: so one thing i've been curious about is how you got into now i know you worked at youtube as a security guard but how did you get into making the videos cuz like i've i guess i really haven't spent a whole lot of time with the videos but you make really good videos and i'm wondering like what kind of a, you started off with your phone but like when did you start going and trying out the GoPro and 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 how did you go about making some of these videos yeah it was all
1: luke's fault it was 100% <laughs> luke's fault and no so what happened was is I actually st- I think I posted my first video back in 2012 and it was just a, uh, a video of me using the wagtail combi on the outside of my window in my old old apartment and I just did it for fun and then when I would get free time I would just like put my phone and just make a video mm-hmm. one of my like most viewed videos is just simply that I was waiting for a restaurant to open and they're gonna go for 30 minutes so I just filmed and just started messing around with fanning techniques on a window and then i would say i kind of would be here and there as far as maybe upload every few months started talking to luke and then uh, talked to luke one day he goes i said why does your video look so good he said well i got a gopro It kind of just has like a wider view and i said okay i said well now i'll just i'll just forget about it you're gonna make this stuff all look good and, and that'll be it So then one day my dad had a GoPro, he won from work and I said, Hey, let me have your GoPro and just like use it for these videos for a little bit. So started making videos um, just here and there. And all I did was window cleaning montages. It was just window cleaning the music. And that was it. There wasn't really a whole lot of substance to it. It was just like, watch me clean windows, which I still do. And (laughs) um, so, and then. One day, Luke kind of approached me about starting to do videos with a nuclear resource. And that's when I kind of took the serious route on it. Uh, way more of a serious route was that started pushing out a lot of content through their channel. And then so I said, okay, well, let me just kind of go with it and just see what happens here. So then I started pushing out more videos on my channel and kind of trying to just grow my channel along with, you know, putting videos with them, with Jordy and, um, and Tribe Man was doing it at the same time. So it just kind of started turning. And you could just see the wheels turning. And then um, it just progressed into okay, what cameras can I get now that'll make it look better? What attachments can I get? And there were people like the window cleaning palm from like Australia. He was really, really good at filming and you know, had great, great videos. So you learn a lot from the different videos and you start progressing with that, and kind of putting them in the videos. And then the idea of okay, products are starting to get sent. You know, content's kind of easy. When products are sent, you can review the products and just kind of go from there. And as that started to happen more and more and more, the channel just progressed and I just kind of kept with it. And now what it has turned into is now I'm, you know, doing sales with WCR. It's, um, I work with Jobber with it. Um, It has turned into, I I would say, You know, my goal, overall goal is to have many revenue streams in, you know, X amount of years. And that's what it's turned into is it has turned into a revenue stream that's been very, very good. Um, And it's encouraging because it does, it's a lot of work put into these videos and um, not all of them. But, you know, as far as just even the idea of filming a video and not really putting in a lot of B-roll, sometimes I'll film that video 15 to 20 times. And it may not look like that, but it's just I don't really like too heavy of editing when talking, but you know, you film a video over and over again, like water fed pole videos, and you want it to sound good. You want it to sound professional. And that's something I've tried to work in more. I would say the past year and a half is just a more professional look. And so I got a, you know, a newer camera last year that's like a mirrorless camera. It just has really good detail to it. So that was something I brought new to it. At one point I bought a drone, tried to work that into it. That's that's not a good idea around customers' houses and <laughs> that's just not a good plan. So I, I took that out pretty quick, forgot that, but, um, it was really fun in that when we started doing videos with nuclear resource, there was like a good team that we were all doing videos and pushing out stuff all the time. And that really created, um, a group in which when we first met at the convention a couple of years ago, just started like this bigger thing and it kind of meant more. And it's just grown and grown and grown, and it's, and it's been a lot of fun.
0: So I don't know a whole lot about the GoPro. Does it actually come with the software that goes onto your computer that allows you to edit the videos?
1: No. So that you do have to find yourself. Um, I use Adobe Premiere Pro. That is the – for me, it's been the easiest and um, the best to work with to really, really make fun and good videos that you can – you know, make it a little faster, put some slow motion and cut them really nicely, put music in with them. And then for Adobe Premiere Pro, you can go on YouTube and learn so much about the software, you know, just like people go on and learn about window cleaning. You go on there and watch tutorials about how to edit this or edit that. And, you know, growing up, it was kind of always something that my brothers both did was uh, editing. So I kind of always wanted to do it, but I really didn't have a subject to do it. So then also when this kind of started up, it was just kind of fun to like see what I could do. My brothers are kind of into it as well. So that kind of helped encourage me as well. But, you know, the funny thing (laughs) is is for a long time, I was pretty embarrassed by all this. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I just thought it was like, I remember the first day that WCR shared one of my videos out on Facebook. And I was just kind of like, Oh no. Cause like, I didn't really, I didn't really say anything to the people I worked with and I didn't want to be made fun of there. And I thought that may happen. And it was just kind of like, at first I was like, Oh gosh, do I really, do I really want to do this? I want to put all this stuff out there, you know? And, and still I go back and forth sometimes of how much to share, you know, through these YouTube channels. And I think that's something that Luke also kind of dealed with is like the thing of being able to show your, uh, real personable side and be yourself in the videos. I think really that's people connect with you where if you're just too straight of business, 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 and not having fun, it's like people, that that's a hard wall to break through that people are kind of like, ah, you're, you're not showing your true self. Yeah, And that's something that definitely kind of is a, uh, is a hard thing to get through. So I like the,
0: uh, you know, when you were talking about the various revenue streams, I get, I got the image of just planting seeds for and watering seeds and just like, just nourishing these various revenue streams. That's the way I visualized it. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like, you know, they've got quotes out there that say, you can, you, you, we often overestimate what we can accomplish in a year, but then underestimate what we can accomplish in five years or whatever the number is. But, you know, you've picked up a hobby that you enjoy. And that turned out into, turned into a revenue stream, which I don't think you may have intended initially. No. no. Yeah.
1: And I, and I think that's a, and that's a very big thing to say in that I think that's so funny. You mentioned that because I was thinking about this earlier and that I get a lot of questions from people about can, how do I be an ambassador or how do I be an influencer or how do I, you know, uh, partner up with WCR. And what I always say to them is like, you know, I couldn't really even tell you exactly how, because it just kind of happened. And it was never my <clears throat> goal for it to happen. My, the reason why I partially started the YouTube channel was because the guy who did train me held so many things from me so that he would always be that top guy. And then I kind of learned them. And I said, no one should have to learn like this, have things uh-huh. held from you. And so that's what really pushed me to do like the techniques and just start to teach, you know? And like, even when someone came to me about the videos and they said, do you want to be paid for the videos? I said, no, I don't want to be. It's not about the money. It's literally about helping. And this is to me so simple. And at the time, didn't take a whole lot of time that, um, you know, I just want to show the stuff. And I know that sounds like cheesy and stuff, but I promise it's true.
0: <laughs> not at all, actually, I can totally see that. So. I think that people are attracted to you know they're interested in watching genuine you know they recognize genuineness right (laughs) so like if you're going you've selected commercial over residential in terms of it's just more fun you can pour yourself into it um you can just kind of pick up the pole and play with the squeegees it's like your playground and so when you start to capture you know, that in a video, people are like, man, when I, when I watch you, it looks like you're having fun. Um, It looks like you're enjoying your work that you're, I can almost see the satisfaction coming through the video. And then, so when you decided to go ahead and start helping people and you're enjoying it at the same time, it just, it's a win-win, right? It's just a win-win. I can totally see that. And I've, and that's why I've actually hesitated to start making videos because I like, I've seen your videos. I've seen Luke's videos. I was like, there's no way I can put something together. Like what they do, but every now and then I'll be like, Oh, you know, here's something I haven't seen on the YouTube channels. I'll just put something out there and it might help somebody. I don't know. But I think that, that, that that is usually why I think a lot of people do make videos is because they, they see a problem. uh, They recognize that there's people out there that don't know how to, do something and then they try to they try to help so that's pretty cool
1: yeah and like one of the channels i probably watch the most on youtube he doesn't even post that much often is um and it's totally not window cleaning related or anything is a guy named casey Neistat. and one of the biggest things he said when he started his youtube channel he talks about it now is how he never ever tried to monetize a video or make money from any video until he was to a million subscribers and it was because of that fact of if you make it about the money right away, you just lose that passion. And you only look at a video for what the price that you can make on it. And that's just not a good way to go about the videos because you're, okay, now in the back of your mind while you're making a video, I'm not getting paid what I want to get paid for this. So I'm not going to make a great video. Right. And and so now when you know I do get offered money here and there for things, I I don't take it for like making the video because I just don't find that to be you know, they're giving me a product that I can show in the videos. That's fun. I make a little bit of money through through YouTube and other stuff. And that's just a good way of looking at it, you know, so. So do you go back
0: on occasion and think about the degree that you got in sociology and sometimes regret not having, you know, found a career in that area, in that field?
1: No, if anything, what I regret is not, it's just starting a window cleaning business, like right out of high school and just right. going with it. I feel like if I would have known what I know now, that's what I would have done. Like, yeah, I probably would have still maybe gone to college, but I would have started the business in college, you know, yeah. not worked for someone else. And like, I can't imagine like what it would be by now if I started it, gosh, I graduated back in 2010. So I could have started it, you know, 2006 when I first started college, like, it could have just grown into something so massive and huge by now. So if anything, that's what I regret. You know, I learned a lot from going to college. I don't want to put it that way. Um, You know, a lot of good things. And one of the best jobs I ever had that taught me the most as far as dealing with people was being a server, which I'm sure for you, maybe, you know, being a server, you deal with all kinds of people, with all kinds of attitudes. And it really, really helped me to go from there and be a lot more personable with people Uh, be more humble and just be able to deal with people better. Yeah. So I would say something similar in that
0: I, whenever you see those Facebook posts about what, you know, people would change about their business. Usually the one reason that flows to the top of my head is I would have started sooner. I would have started trying window cleaning when I was in high school, college, you know, I would, it, it just keeps you focused. And through the trade, you actually learn business. Like I think about, I think about really loving um, natural sciences and biology. And I, I am very passionate about like things like conservation and ecology and things like that. And I took some really awesome um, entomology classes, which is the study of bugs. So like before before I took that class, I had no interest in bugs whatsoever, but the, the professor that taught that class was very passionate about bugs, and then he ignited that passion in me, and so I took the class. I fell in love with it, um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I don't regret having gone to college. I learned a lot of great things. I enjoyed the subject. I'm still passionate about the subject, but I probably would go back and try to take a couple business courses. Yeah. Um, you know they were they were right there. You know the school of business is across the street from the school of biology or whatever. Right. I probably would have taken some business courses, but I've learned so much about business just failing at it.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> failing,
0: failing forward, failing upward, uh, not seeing it as failures, learning from it. it's just the best way to learn. I think.
1: It's right. Just, yeah especially this year, I mean, especially for not really, when when the recession happened, like, oh eight oh nine, I was still in college, it, it didn't affect me too bad, right? But then everything that's happened this year was really the first, like, whoa, kind of <clears throat> moment of, like, what's going on business-wise, what's going to happen? And it was scary, but you learn a lot about yourself as far as, like, okay, what do we need to do to make sure things still go right? And um, you, this year, I think, has taught me more, probably, than any other year, you know? That's interesting that you say that because I think I was working
0: for I had started working for the city, at some point, you know, relatively soon after graduating college. And when you work for a municipal entity, um, it's you're kind of buffered from what's going on in the economy a little bit. Right. You're working in one of the most um, stable. Environments in terms of it's a it's municipal government and you're working within the water to water utilities. Everyone's got to have water. Yeah, <laughs> they are not shutting that thing down. And so I think I was buffered aside from they had like occasional furloughs, but I think I was completely oblivious as to what was going on until now. And then COVID hit and everything that's going on. It's just all of a sudden my I have to forecast a little further out. I have to start thinking a little further out and seeing yeah. what I can do. What are some of the things that you've learned? going through this whole COVID thing in
1: 2020 and um gosh you know I think what we did is that you know for a couple of weeks right in <laughs> the their march there it was kind of like sit around and kind of watch I mean that 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 was I think the general consensus we did stop for a couple of weeks but then what it you know had me doing was sitting there thinking geez like if we don't go out and do something and just try to get whatever we can get done and what are we doing? You know, I know there's so much stuff going out there and the two guys I work with are older and they were kind of more worried than I was just about the health wise and everything like that. So what I did is I started going out and working and doing any of the jobs that we possibly could, you know? And so that's what I did for the two months there. And then that kind of, um, got also Jim he started working with me a little bit more and then um, by you know mid-April we were up and going again and it was more just going out there and saying to yourself not assuming that you know everything that everyone's thinking about what's going on and after just going out even you know driving up to the different jobs, we had and just talking to them. I would never have known okay no come on this date and like you know don't stop service but it was more just the heavy communication that was needed during that time of everybody that you did work for. And that's what I think kept our business really, really going. Now in saying that Jim's had the business since 99. So he has a lot of return customers, you know, so we have a lot of residential that's just always routine and that residentially saved us. I mean, we really did lose, I would say over 50% of our commercial work and, um, you know, for me, I could usually do commercial work Monday through Friday full time, you know, and now it's two, two and a half days a week, you know, so things are slowly filling in. But um, I don't know if that answered the question very well, but <laughs> that's well, what I, I mean.
0: Did. I think that sometimes you, it was kind of the same thing for us uh, in the beginning of March, where we actually laid off Uh, two of our technicians, and we laid off our office assistant. And that's because we were like kind of similar boat where we were trying to, we were waiting on the information to come in. Here's this new thing. It's crazy. It's just, it's, it's first, it's an epidemic in in several on several continents. And now they're talking about this world world, world pandemic. My mother-in-law was in uh, South Korea visiting uh, my brother-in-law because they, you know, him and his wife had a new baby. And wow. so we were paying attention to what was going on in South Korea because they they're like at this military base and all this stuff starting to show up and the virus is starting to show up on their base and it's like, oh my God, what is going on? And then um th- then we started waiting orders of the, the Texas governor and the mayor. It's like this is this is real guys. We have gotta shut things down for a little bit. Yeah. And so we we did that because we were following orders and then And then we started thinking. Well, what does what does essential mean? What is essential business? What are what do we do for our customers that could be considered essential? And at the same time, I noticed that the landscaping landscaping crews were still working. They didn't stop at all. They're still out there mowing grass and cutting. You know, whatever. And so I thought, well, here's what we're doing. I mean, we're helping our customers. You know, maintain their homes. We're cleaning gutters. We're uh, power washing, you know, walkways and driveways and areas that could potentially cause slips, trips and falls if we didn't. If you don't take care of your gutters, it can cause other problems. And so we kind of tried to reinvent ourselves in that fashion. And we even wrote up a document. Here's what we're doing out here. Exterior, we're not going into the house. Uh, this is why our services are essential. So we were basically being prepared. We were preparing ourselves to be shut down. But what we found out was no one was really enforcing it. I don't I don't think the municip- I don't think that the you know police department or what have you, I don't think that they were about to try to enforce whatever the governors or mayors were trying to say. Right. Uh, yeah. It was more at that time it was like, here's what it is. Um so we kept going and you know, we started, I think it was me for a little bit, exterior only me for a little while and then we started getting several you know calls started call volume started to increase again so we started to get to where we could bring back one of our technicians part-time and eventually it all started coming back and it was it, it was residential yeah it was residential and i think a lot of homeowners were like you know i want to try to do something right. you know I want to hire this window cleaning company. I want to do something for the economy. I want to do something for whatever's going on. Right. And so I think that they, especially the loyal clients, they really, you know, wanted to keep things going. And, you know, I said, what well, we're going to be wearing face coverings because at that time they actually didn't have the N95s. Right. So we're going to wear face coverings. We're going to stay out of your house. We're going to do this, do that. We even had a large bottle of, of um, uh, sanitizer, that one of one of on on my wife's side her uncle has a commercial um, uh, janitorial business and so he had already started pivoting the moment they started finding out about the pandemic he started acquiring some sanitizer because he was going to start helping businesses sanitize yeah. commercially and so he dropped off a bottle we put it on the truck because we were like hey listen part of what we're doing while we're out here is we're sanitizing door handles. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're doing what we can. So that's something that we did learn. um, And it's still, we have started picking up and we are doing interior now, but with masks and everything. So, um, but I'm just grateful to be on this end of it. It's just, it's crazy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if, if we can get through this,
1: I imagine yeah. 2021, I mean, it can only get, I know. Right. And you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, um, our business is called 2020 window cleaning. And <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> January and February, everyone would come out to me. Oh man, this is your year. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. And then, you know, boom, everything happens. And it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe we should switch the name because now 2020 is just not a good word to say. It's like, it's like Voldemort and Harry Potter. It's like, you just don't say that anymore.
0: <laughs> right. So tell me about how, 20, how you ended up meeting, what did you say his name was, the owner of 2020? Jim. Jim.
1: Jim's Jim. the other owner of it. And uh, basically what happened was is, so my parents lived in the area that he serviced. When I was cleaning windows for fish, I lived a good hour north. So my parents moved us to a new home. They just wanted a window cleaner to come. It was a construction cleaner. I said, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be liable for anything. Hire somebody else. So they wind up to hire Jim. Had him out. And my mom called me. She's like, oh my gosh, this guy's so nice. He's an older guy, but he's just great. And he has this really nice helper with him. They're all clean cut. They just did a great job. They sent a card after, you know, saying we very much appreciate your business. She was just over the top about him, right? So... When I decided I wanted to leave from Fish, first I actually reached out to his best friend. I didn't even know he was his best friend. I reached out to their business and he said, well, I'm not hiring right now, but my buddy Jim is. So he said, send your resume to Jim. So I sent my resume to Jim. Um, this was probably in October of like 2013. And um, he called me and he said, well, I'm really not looking for someone until about April 1st, 2014, but hey, let's get together and uh, just chat. We got together and chatted for a long long time you know it was just like we both had the same truck uh it was just there was just something there that just felt right and then from there it just started a really great friendship and a great business relationship that just has really transpired and uh been able to grow you know together in the business and um, he's really good at the whole business side of taking care of all that I kind of take care of you know training all the tools and just keeping everything like that, and um, it's just worked out extremely extremely well together.
0: So are you like the operational manager? I'm I'm curious to see how the the business evolves from you you being a trans uh, technician to then being part owner. How did you go
1: from? explain that journey what that looks like yeah so actually i was going to leave um (laughs) at about the three-year mark i actually had applied also at at three-year mark i was actually about leaving window cleaning i just wasn't financially happy with it to be quite honest at that point i was an employee getting paid hourly and it just in the area that i lived at it just wasn't enough money so i went to him one day i said hey um you know, I'm going to have to leave because it's just, it's just not enough money. By the end of that day, I was 25% owner. So that's what happened. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's how it came about. And uh, you know, it was that, you know, I ran one crew, he ran one crew. That's all we kind of wanted to keep to. We once got to where we had three crews going out and we just didn't like it. So we brought it back to two and it was, you know, he would run one crew, I'd run one crew and it just worked out really, really nice. And, um, I don't think he quite wanted that to end yet. So that's how I became an owner. And it was talked about from like day one that he eventually wanted to do that, but it was, you know, I need to prove myself. I need to prove my worth and prove that, you know, I was a, you know, a good partner for him and it, and it, and it worked out, but that's exactly how it happened. You know, it wasn't really known at the beginning of that day that that was going to happen. And by the end of that day, uh, I was you know part owner and it worked out really well because i wound up not getting hired by air traffic control and uh you know so and i was really happy about that in the long run too because that could be a highly stressful job <laughs> yeah i hear that's one of the most
0: stressful professions out there and um so you so now you get together as, as 25% owner, do you actually do you have regular business meetings and do y'all talk about forecasting and like the future of the business? I mean, do y'all,
1: yeah, we just do that whenever we, we do work together quite often, you know? And like, so we're just the type that, you know, we'll call each other at night, talk about stuff, um, very, very open to each other. So when we're cleaning the home or on the outside, we're always talking about business and you know, what we should do with this and what we should do with that. Um, and that's just kind of how we've always done. We've never had like a a business business meeting. And I know it sounds so unprofessional, <laughs> but it's because, you know, we're, we're two crews, you know, we, we don't have a shop. We just operate out of, you know, I have the van at my house. He has a van at his house. And that's what we've always done. and has worked out. We thought about renting um, a place a couple of years ago, but it just, the cost was like, I don't, am not going to deal with it. So. so where,
0: where do you, have you started thinking about, you know, three or four or five years from now, where do you see yourself in the next few years? Are you still working with Jim um, and making YouTube videos? Or, or are you thinking like, you know, I don't want this to turn into some sort of big, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm making big life changes. But I mean, I'm just curious, what, what are some of the things you're thinking about doing?
1: Um, yeah, I would say that in five years, I will most likely be, you know, on my own as far as it, um, either continuing 2020 in a different way or starting my own for sure within five years. Um, but the progression that I've really, really enjoyed lately is now working with window clean resource that has been a huge change. And I really enjoy that big company feel of, of what that is and working with them and all such great people there. And that's been a relationship that, you know, has transpired over the last like four years as well. So I see myself a lot more involved in that at the five year mark than involved in actually cleaning on the glass. So I would say that I just, I enjoy sales. I enjoy, you know, talking to people about tools, talking to people about their businesses, helping them grow their business and hearing back that what I'm doing for them is helping is huge. And so I don't want to get into like business mentorship. I don't really want to get into that, Um, but my own company and then also be doing sales quite a bit is, is what I envision over the next like five years. If you're still, in, if you're still enjoying it. So like uh, if it
0: becomes like kind of like what you were saying, if, if it becomes too much of a, of a job, like you're, you're looking at your agenda for the day and you've got to consult with XYZ business about ABC decisions. And it's more like if it's something that, you know, it comes up conversationally, Uh, hey, you know, I'm having a problem with whatever. Um, And then, you know, it's more of like an organic form of assistance as opposed to something that you're being held to, you know, obligated to. Yeah, I can see how you would stop enjoying that for sure. Um, So um, I was looking at the time and um, I'm going to try to not take up too much of your time. But if you could go back... your past self, what, what are three, three things that you would, you know, you've already said that you would, you would have started sooner. You would have out of high school, you would have started your business sooner. But what other, what three or two or three things would you go back and try to teach yourself, your young Steve?
1: Um, Humility would be the first one, just to be humble. Um, That was something in being the manager with fish that I wasn't, I was way over the top. I was just, you know, thought everything had to be done my way and it was my way or the highway. And I just, I do not have that train of thinking anymore. Um, I was just pumped up as a young person. (laughs) I was just really, really pumped up. So relax and humility. Um, A second one would be to listen to myself. Um, I had a a lot of, I would say, anxiety about thinking, well, what if this guy knows more and I'm just going to stay quiet? And I think staying quiet and not putting your opinion out there in a respectful way is something I really lacked. I kind of just stood in the back and learning that you can help people. And what I've done through all this, I just wish I would have kind of opened up earlier, you know, as far as all that goes and not stood back uh, so much. And that was more through college and stuff. I just feel like I could have spoke up more and opportunities and uh, I've, I've done more quicker you know, by just putting my own point of views out there. Um, Third one, third one. I don't know. I think there's one video that
0: you made that I thought was a really good one where you have this honest discussion about, and I, I can't quote the name of the video or, you know, I have to paraphrase what you said, but it was something along the lines of like learning to not take yourself so seriously. Uh, your clients are not going to be looking at the glass like this. They're going to be looking at, they're going to get the overall impression of the glass that it gives them. And sometimes as window cleaners, we get all kind of wrapped up in the perfect window. And that really, that really resonated with me because I was in that wrapped upness. I was in knots Right. everything's got to be perfect my technicians I was like on them you know this has to be perfect blah 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 my reputation's on the line blah 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 yeah. and then when I heard you say that I was like I could breathe and I was like uh, oh man that is so right because even now my clients never see the stuff that I see right. they're never they're never going to see the stuff yeah that I see and in the process of trying to make everything perfect it's become it can become kind of stressful it can become unhealthy and so when you brought that up i was like man that was so what sequence of events
1: led you to that realization oh i was just a way over the top ocd window cleaner um and just like i was saying i needed to kind of relax and calm down was because i was just like everything has to be off the glass what is this hard water what is this small dot in the corner that i can barely see unless i go like this and like I would just, I would kill myself at jobs, just overthinking everything, and I even got into an altercation with a past employee at Fish because of it. And it was just kind of like, what am I doing? You know, why am I doing these kind of things? And um, it was more the efficiency that I saw, and that once I just designed a straight system of exactly what I was going to do for the windows, and not think of uh any window is much different other than you know if i knew it was a construction cleaner or whatever gosh just stuff started to go it started flowing and just the hourly rate went up you know and um and that's you know alfredo the other guy i work with he's been cleaning clean windows for 14 years jim's been clean windows for 20 years and i could always see that's what they were doing you know like they had a system they just kept that system for every single window so i just started doing that and then i stopped the first guy who ever trained me said when we get done with the storefront look at the storefront like you would if you weren't ever a window cleaner did you ever think about clean windows really i said no not really but you know it is good for a restaurant to look clean he's like exactly it's good for it to look clean but you don't need to go up and dissect every single little tiny thing you've cleaned all the windows you made it look 100 percent better than what an employee is going to do with a you know ragged windex you know right. Like you're offering a service that their employees cannot do unless an employee is some expert window cleaner. Right. So it was just more of a thing of looking at it as an overall job rather than each little pain and angles. And that's when I talk to a lot of newer companies and um, is the biggest thing is they over, overthink everything. And I always say to them, calm down, relax, turn your music on, jam out, clean some glass, and you'll be done before you believe it. And that's what I do every day. I jam out, clean some windows. Super happy. Don't overthink it, and never have complaints. Not always, but sometimes, you know. I'm
0: imagining like Master Shifu and Kung, Kung Fu Panda. I've got three kids. <laughs> My kids are like a big Kung Fu Panda fan. They love they love watching the movies. I've enjoyed watching them as well. But like that, that you know, you've learned the profession, you've become very technically proficient, and then it's like now just let it go and forget that you're actually uh, a window cleaner and when you look at it that way, it's like you know, this is pretty awesome. It looks amazing. I mean yeah. yeah. It that was I remember that video sticking out a whole lot. Um yeah. And then the the other technical stuff, I mean that was that was good too, but like that particular one was like speaking to like the it was speaking it was delivering a message that I needed to hear from yeah. someone in your position. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think to kind of to add to it real quick, kind of another thing would be, and it kind of goes in part with it, was um, I was very much in this idea of like, look at me clean this window. Like, this is so cool. Like, you think I'm cool. You think I'm cool because I'm cleaning your windows. And, like, I was more like get into the job and work, 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 and not really talk to the customer, just try to impress it with my window cleaning. <clears throat> and a couple years ago, learned that like, that's so wrong. Like, slow down a little bit. Talk to the customer while you're inside you know, have it be an overall good experience. Ask about them. You know, one of the biggest things I do is like, people like to talk about themselves, but when you go in and you just start talking about your business, they're probably sitting there and you're not really looking at them. You're cleaning the windows and they're like, Oh gosh, I like this guy every time he's telling about how much he makes this month or how many windows he's clean this month. So my biggest thing now is whatever I'm in houses, wherever, every storefront, I don't care who it is, just talk to the people there. And it's amazing how sometimes, you know, you first meet a person, they may seem a little bit stuck up or they may seem quiet and you just start talking to them and it might not be the first time, it might not be the second time, but the third time you go, they just open up and you learn yeah. so much more about people. And one of the things that happened was when Alex, my girlfriend started working for us, um, oh my gosh, over like two and a half years ago, she does not work with us anymore, was that people started remembering her rather than remembering me. And I always said, what the heck is going on here? How are you so memorable? And I'm not. And I've been working here for four years at that point. And she goes, you're just not memorable. You don't talk to him. You know? And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're, you're really right. I, yeah, I'm not connecting to the customer. And yeah. just started doing that. You're connecting that. to the glass. <laughs> yeah, I'm just all about the glass. <laughs> so that was like one of the biggest things. And I felt like at my age, I should have known that already. you know. But it, for me, it was just one of those things where uh, – that's when I learned it. And I think that has been one of the things that has changed me the most and made, you know, window cleaning can get old at times, you know, especially when you're doing it six days a week, eight to 10 hours a day, you know, that same motion all day, that can get tedious. But it is the people that can be around you that can really make it, you know.
0: Yeah, well, and <clears throat> I hate to make it about business, but there, I there's a, a phrase, I think, <clears throat> I can't remember who was talking about it, talking about the commoditization of your business. If you're talking to your clients and you're uh, connecting with them in more ways than just cleaning the glass, they're developing a relationship with you. They are uh, connecting with you and it's, it's, it's something you can't put a price tag on. Um, And so, yeah, I think that, I think that I was in a very similar, I had a very similar attitude Let's get the project done. Let's move on to the next project. But now I'm trying to take more active steps to connecting with the client, asking them about their kids, you know, petting their dog, uh, complimenting them on their landscaping. Cause a lot of these people do some really amazing things in their backyard. And you're like, this is amazing. Like I would just come here just to clean your windows, just to be in your landscaping. It's, It's awesome. You know, when you take that time to connect with them, it's, it, it it touches them. It, it it really does, and yeah, I think that's really important, and that's something that people can forget sometimes. Yeah. Um. So real quick, I'm going to conclude with a couple of things, and I apologize. I was I I was reviewing the list that I sent you, the questions list, and uh-huh. every now and then my my messenger does these weird things where you know the thumbs up, the surprise face, and so uh-huh. I'm not actively trying to do that. I'm just trying to review the list.
1: Yeah, no, that's um, fine. <laughs>
0: I was gonna ask you about some books. Do you have any favorite books, uh, two or three that that have resonated with you or that you're currently reading? Or it
1: doesn't even have to be business related. Yeah, this is gonna sound really bad. I'm not a big reader. I am just not, (laughs) I'm just, yeah, ever since college, I mean, I do everything I can to just, yeah, like I'm a huge get on the web, read the news, it's really bad, you know, social media has just really <clears throat> taken that effect on me where I do not read books a whole lot at all. Like, uh, yeah, when I read that question, when you sent it to me, I was kind of like, oh, should, I that say, should I just say like Willy Wonk on the Chocolate Factory starting now. <laughs> well, you know, I've started,
0: I'm not a big reader as well. I think the only way that I can, in I can actually take in books these days is through Audible. Uh-huh. Um, and so I've been listening to Um, a book that I it's a fiction I get fiction and nonfiction mixed up sometimes but there's a a trilogy that I listen to called the Bartimaeus Trilogy Uh and it's like this it's about this genie and it's a really interesting book I can can just kind of my mind can kind of escape into into the fantasy of it Um, and then occasionally I'll listen to some of the books that I download for my kids like they're big into Percy Jackson and Uh and the greek gods and all that stuff and i've just kind of gotten really uh, fed up with the the business related books i do listen to some of those right but i also kind of get a little irritated with myself when i can't implement everything that's in the book that they're telling me to do so like I'm, i don't need to put more on my to-do list right now so i'm just going to zone out and if it's right. not audio books like that i'll listen to music so yeah
1: and i think uh I think a big thing, you know, a lot of people do too, is I I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, it's mostly, it's mostly like Joe Rogan. So it's not like that educational, but he has a lot of interesting people on there and you can get a lot of different topics throughout the week. And it's exactly what you say. You kind of put that on and you zone out and you're kind of like just flowing through the job and it's like, Oh, I'm done. You know, all of a sudden.
0: I like podcasts and what's weird about them is sometimes I won't necessarily remember a project until I'm at the project. Well, no, I'll remember the project, but the weird thing is I'll remember what I was listening to when I was doing the project. It's so weird. Oh, I was listening to the Joe Rogan episode, episode 1245 or whatever, and it just comes back. It's really weird. But anyway, Steve-O, I appreciate you taking the time to visit with me on Into the Flow podcast. I've been inspired by you for a long time. Keep making the good videos and keep doing what you enjoy. Because I think that's what I like the most about you is that you're enjoying what you're doing. And I enjoy watching you enjoying what you're doing. Well, so thank you. Thank I you. want to uh, leave it there. I appreciate your time. And um, I uh, I look forward to my next trip to Colorado. Maybe I can um, come visit or something.
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. And thank you. I gotta you for come that. see my dad. Was a joy. Yeah, you gotta come see your dad. Let me call I to come, some see my dad. <laughs> yeah.
0: come and see come and see uh, come and see uh, uh, Sean Gavin, come see you, come see Chris Doolin there's a few people up there that I like to, you know, just come and say hi to. So yeah, yeah, I don't want to take up any more of your Monday. So enjoy your time with Alex. I got the name right this time. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Steve. enjoy, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. I appreciate
1: it. All right. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Right. You too. Bye. Bye.